0: Okay. Good evening, everybody. If you're visiting with us, welcome. Uh, The book of Philippians in chapter 4 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. The Apostle Paul just had a, a strong feeling of affection for the church. And my wife Vivian and I just feel very strongly about uh, this in-town community group. It's a joy uh, to come here. It's a joy to be part of this group and this community. And just to see all the different things that are going on. We uh, we have a vision here in in in-town and our vision is that as disciples of Jesus, our vision is to reflect God's glory in our lives and relationships by being a light and sharing the good news in our homes in our communities and in the city of Atlanta. And to sum all that up, we have a theme, which is don't conform, be transformed from the book of Romans chapter 12. And even under that, we've had a sub theme lately where we've been talking about biblical relationships among disciples. You know, from Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, go out and make disciples of all nations. We want to go out and make disciples of our, neighbor, of our neighborhoods and our neighbors here in Atlanta and to have great, strong relationships. Um, in this sub-theme, we've heard lessons from Jacob Holloway, a lesson from Philippians, where he realized that his friendships didn't model the friendships Paul had from, with the Philippians. And he resolved to have other people into his home and to go deeper with them and to even cook food for them. And he challenged us all to do the same. Uh, we've had a lesson from Tosin who reminded us about the rich young ruler uh, and that the rich young ruler was deeply challenged by Jesus. Uh, Talk, looking at him and finding that the one thing he needed most to work on to give up his riches, and he challenged him to change that one thing, to transform. But we saw there that that man's heart was unwilling at that point in time to give up his riches. And Tosin challenged us to fast and pray about what we needed to change in, in in our lives. And on the men's night, when the women were away up in uh, North River, the men were shown the depth of the connection that can happen when men form book clubs and when men go camping and really become vulnerable with one another. The men were challenged to open up about their struggles, especially pornography, and to find friendships with whom they could be open. And we heard from Kim McKenzie on the book of Colossians that we need to be rooted in Jesus, that we need to reflect Christ and that we must die to the world and be raised with Christ. And I love the diversity of our in-town group and what we have and the diversity in our small groups, though we still have some work to do to further create diversity. We're beginning to have a range of different ages here and in town, which is exciting to see amongst our many young professionals as well. And it's sad to know that we're gonna be losing Halcyon in Jacob and others, this transition part of life where people have to go elsewhere and, and leave us is a sad thing, but it's encouraging to know that other places are getting a Halcyon and getting a Jacob and will be blessed in that way. But the book of Philippians, chapter four especially, Paul had visited the city of Philippi in Macedonia. This is in Acts, the book of Acts, when Paul is called by the Spirit of God. He was trying to go into Asia, and he's called by the Spirit of God to go into Macedonia. And this is on his second missionary journey. And he stayed several months in the city of Philippi. And later, uh, he went back for a short time on his third missionary journey. And Philippi is a major city in the Roman Empire and was located along the Ignatian Way, which is that road that Rome built to take their armies everywhere. So it's a major city of commerce. And Paul is writing around 61, 62 AD, which is from his imprisonment in Rome. Just a couple of years before his death, which if many of you have seen the movie The Apostle Paul, it's set around 64 AD, just a couple of years after the time that he's writing the letter of Philippians. And he's not writing the book in response to a crisis like he does in Galatians and the book of Colossians. But much of it expresses his appreciation for his friends in Philippi and how close friends they were. And it's a book about authenticity, authentically living in joy and in unity, and that Christians should be unified, and what it takes for Christians to be unified uh, to one another, and to live in harmony, what it takes to live in harmony in a a community and it takes humility and it takes um, much sacrifice to do that. But interestingly, chapter four in verse two opens up with two Christians having a dispute. In verse two, he says, I plead with Iodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, in that word, true companion, sometimes translated sezugis from the Greek, or um, you know, faithful companion, is a, a singular person, a para, a, probably a person, an individual, possibly a proper name. But I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Now, what do we know about this dispute among the two women? Well, we know it was a bad dispute. Why do we know that? Paul names names. (laughs) He very rarely names names. Well, the dispute was obviously known throughout the church. He's writing in a shorthand way as if everybody knows what he's talking about. And the conflict seems to have made its way the 800 miles from Philippi to Rome where Paul's in prison. And he is also asking someone in the congregation to help the two women work out the dispute as it seems as if they had not been able to work out the dispute themselves. Now, another interesting fact about this dispute is that the two women, both being Christians, didn't prevent the conflict. So what did these two women agree on? Well, each one agreed, would have agreed with Paul, that their names were written in the book of life. They both believed the same gospel because Paul said, verse 3, that they contended at my side um, in pursuit of the gospel, in the cause of the gospel. They would have have agreed with Paul when he began chapter 4. The first word in chapter 4 and verse 1 is, therefore, my brothers and sisters. And we know whenever we see the word therefore, we got to go back and look what is therefore. Therefore, what's it referring to? Well, what does Paul talk about in the book of Philippians? Chapter 1, verse 21, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He talks about how Jesus is preeminent above all else. These two women would have agreed that Jesus is preeminent above all else. That to live is Christ, to die is gain. Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus was himself a humble man servant, and that because Jesus was a humble servant, we ourselves should do nothing out of selfish ambition, that we should consider others above ourselves and look to the interests of others. Philippians 2.12, these women would have agreed that we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. In verse 14 of chapter 2, that we should do everything without grumbling or arguing. And they might have said, what's the other one who was grumbling and arguing? And in chapter 3, when Paul was explaining that the, the Judaizers within the church were causing issues, because they were insisting that people needed to follow Jewish rituals and customs first before becoming Christians. They were laying extra burdens onto the process of becoming a Christian. And Paul said, that's just wrong. And these women would have agreed with that. And they would have agreed in chapter 3, verses 18 to 19, that if your mind is set on earthly things that you become an enemy to the cross of Christ. They would have agreed that Jesus was Lord and that our lives should reflect his, that Jesus had died for their sins and that his blood completely cleanses each one of us and washes over that and takes away the guilt and stain of sin. And so also what do we know about this situation? Well. These women were known to the Apostle Paul. They had worked at his side. So it sounds like they were known to the church and probably were influential within the church. And incidentally, by the way, it's very countercultural here of Paul to simply treat these two women as his co-workers and to not place himself above them but equally side-by-side with them. Paul was no woman hater. He He was calling these women his co-workers. So what could have caused this conflict? How about sin? Being a Christian doesn't exempt us from the conflicts caused by sin. Now, the conflict that the two women were having has many different applications. What are some of the hot button topics or issues that can divide us? And let me throw that open. What are some of the hot button topics and issues that could divide a group or a Christian group? Sorry, politics for sure and Maybe these two women were on different sides of the political spectrum. Sorry? Worship. Worship. They possibly disagreed on whether we should use a contemporary or modern or past style of worship. What else? Right. One was saying, I'm the only one doing all the work here in the church. And the other one was saying, oh, it's like <laughs> Mary and Martha. Right there, yes. There could have had, a, perhaps they were from different ethnic groups. You know, different ethnicities. Can conflict between ethnicities is often revealed within the church when events happen out in the country or in the world that impact us and touch us. And our lack of understanding of one another's ethnicities and backgrounds oftentimes can deeply affect us and reveal a division that's already there. What else? Okay. And perhaps these two women had rubbed each other the wrong way. Sorry? Okay. Sure. One may have had expectations of how the other one was supposed to treat them and not having those expectations fulfilled. Yes. Okay, exclusivity or clicks or different subgroups where people really know each other well and it's hard to break into that group, yes? Clearly, maybe they were single women and it was a dispute (laughs) over a guy. That's an interesting one. I've never even heard that one before, but that's an awesome, it's fun to speculate. (laughs) Yes, jealousy in general. Sorry? Oh, slander and gossip. Lisa Casazza is actually gonna come up and share a little bit on some of the slander and gossip topic, yes. How we evangelize, reach out. There's different methodologies, different ways of doing it. You know, some were, we need to be more forceful. Others like, no, we need to chill and lay back. Friendship event. Yeah, different opinions. Yes. Sorry? Parent. Parenting. Comparing. Parenting. Oh, parenting. Yes. It was probably a dispute. Should the baby be laid on their side? Should it on the back? On the stomach? Do you keep the baby in the room with you? Or does the baby have to be in another room? Yes. They were having a dispute over a parenting topic. Quite a possible probability. Yes, so dating, women's rights, politics, gossip, race, could have been any of those things. But Paul was sensitive about how he didn't bring up the matter that was actually at dispute. And by the way, let's be sensitive with each other's business if some th- somebody tells you something in confidence and you feel like you need to get advice on the matter ask their permission you know or say or or say i will bring this up generically with no names and not enough hints to let you know who i'm talking about <laughs> but yes let's be sensitive to one another let's let's be careful how we Talk about one another, Paul. I love the way Paul was so so careful. And interestingly enough, look at the verb he uses in verse two. I plead with Eutychia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind. You know, this this is the same verb that he uses earlier. Um, in oh, oh, actually, I'm sorry, that was used in, in the gospels. You remember when uh, Jesus drove the demons out of the man into the pigs and the people pleaded with Jesus to leave their region. So it's the, it's the same verb. I mean, this, this is a, an intense word. It's like, you know, Cam McKenzie in his lesson on Colossians talked about sometimes we need to admonish one another when you have a good friendship, a deep relationship. Occasionally, there's times to admonish one another. Paul is making a strong appeal, and admonishment's going on because he's elevating it to the whole church to talk about. It's like, guys, this situation cannot go on. I, I, I need you got to fix it. Um, Satan loves disunity. He loves to keep us apart. Um, there's times to deal with sin when we talk to one another and speak with conviction to one another. Now, as if you've been around the church for a while, you've been a Christian for a while, you should know that we can't hold on to things and let them stew. We, we, we know better. I mean, other people can see when my wife and I are having a conflict. It usually is apparent and comes out and I'm the one who's not resolving it. And so we'll go over to like the Cassazes or something and Jim will be like, all right, you two. What's going on? <laughs> we gotta resolve it. I mean, it's like they took that for me to figure out. I'd been mad at my wife for several days. You know, this was like a couple months ago. But it, you know, I. I sometimes it takes me a while to catch up on my feelings. But we need some people in our lives to just bring it out and say, you know, what's what's going on. You know, but and. You know, Paul is saying to the, to the women here, those principles that we talked about in the earlier chapter, those principles that you all agree on about the gospel, about unity, about humility. Well, guess what? You have to apply them. And you have to apply them in your relationships with one another. Um, it won't work. Christianity that is not applied, won't work. This is how we reflect Jesus in our lives. Not passive reflection, active reflection. We apply Jesus's principles to our lives and thus our lives reflect Jesus. When we apply those principles and live those principles within the church, it teaches the world truth about God. When we fail to apply Jesus's principles and fail to reflect Jesus in our lives, it teaches the world something untrue about God, something untrue about the church. Hence, so many say churches are hypocritical because the statement is really saying God isn't true because of how the lives of Christians are being lived out and displayed. So Paul is calling the women to obey the teachings of Jesus, to have a deep conviction that unity is actually more important than the situation at hand. And interestingly enough, Paul does not get into the details of the dispute he does not work out the dispute he does not suggest a course of action as to who may be what to do or who may be right or who may be wrong he has great confidence in these two women who have both have the holy spirit that they can work it out or with the help of someone else loyal companion can work it out together that the church can work this out and must work this out to properly witness to Jesus. Now, what if these two women had chosen not to work out the dispute? If they just continued believing that their own view and their own way of seeing things was correct, the other person was the one who needed to change? What if the attitudes and resentments had continued to build? What if this had gone on unchecked for long periods of time the power of disunity can demolish institutions and buildings, but what about the power of unity? Who does that? When we work out our disputes and differences, when we strive to understand other cultures. I go over to Bolahan's house. He is showing me a Nigerian movie, and he has to explain each aspect of the culture to me, making sure I'm understanding each of the cultural references displayed in the movie. And by the way, he also likes Bollywood movies, and so <laughs> that's a freebie. Um, <laughs> but true spirituality is addressed in verses four and following. Um, When we reflect Jesus, when we're filled with the spirit of Christ, a person filled with the spirit of Christ will exhibit rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. They'll exhibit joy. They'll exhibit gentleness. Um, And by the way, joy is not the same thing as happiness. It's not based on your circumstances. It's not a happy-go-lucky Pollyanna kind of thing. It's true joy understanding that despite the circumstances, I'm making decision to be joyful. Leaders especially, we need to be kind. People, we need to be kind with one another. Those filled with the Spirit will exhibit prayer, not anxiety. Gratitude, peace, positive thoughts, and focus. What does God value more, unity or our identity? What's more important to God? Tonight, if there's anything to resolve, with anyone. Begin the process. You don't have to resolve it all tonight, but you begin the process. You begin the discussion. Seek to build relationships with people that you do not understand, whose politics you don't understand, whose viewpoints you don't understand. Sometimes working things out will mean you got to be quiet and listen. But sometimes it means you got to stop being quiet and speak up more. Than you would be comfortable with. We need each other in the church. We need that unity. We need to be bold and loving and reflecting and doing all these things that help us to transform. And now Lisa is going to come up and further help us to transform.
1: There you go.
2: Long? Okay. Got it. Um, I, a friend of mine uh, taught me to wonder about things, and that friend is Halcyon. So I wondered about these two women, and I thought, Gosh, I'm glad I didn't live back then because one of them would probably have my name. It'd probably be, you know, Yodi and Lisa, or it'd be, you know, or maybe it'd be Lisa and Vivian or something. I don't know, something like that. So I, you know, what I want to uh, just share is that. Um, I think it's so cool to be in the in-town with you guys. I I consider it such a privilege. I think I'm going on, we're going on two years now. And uh, it has been a joy. Um, I've seen this group grow. I've seen us grow in depth. I've seen our individual house churches grow. Uh, I've seen us have people come out, you know, and visit with us. I've seen studies. I mean, we have a lot to rejoice in and uh, be thankful for. Uh, People that study um, the evolution of groups, they usually, there's a, you know, there's this climb or this uh, pentacle that you can reach sometimes, and then it kind of falls off. And that is what I do not want for the in-town, and I do not think that has to happen to the in-town because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the Bible, we have God. But Satan wants to eat our lunch, and so he is looking for our weak point. And, um, I don't know why, but I used to read, did you guys ever read Frank Peretti, any of his books? He has a really cool way of writing and what he does is he strips away everything and has you look at it, the spiritual, um, aspects. So you see, it's as if the demons were in this room and we saw this demon that is making someone jealous or this demon that is, you know, just exactly what's going on. And, um, that, that's pretty sobering, huh? But Satan does want our lunch, and you know to one of the the um, versions of the Bible that I was reading said he wants to he prowls around like a uh, lion seeking someone to eat, just eat. And so he doesn't play. So um, the two things that um, that I want to share with you that were some of my Achilles heels that I want you to be aware of we all have little sins sometimes that maybe that we take out and we kind of pet. And then we repent of them and we put them away and maybe we take them out later and we play with them again. But we have a sinful nature. And my sinful nature, um, especially as a young woman, I like to think I've made some progress. I hope I have. Um, Is two things. One is motive and one is mouth. So my motive um, would come into play when I would compare myself with other people. And really in my heart of hearts probably find myself wanting but being too prideful to ever admit that, and so I would come across uh, more like a know it all. And that's not very attractive. Um, it would make me competitive. Jim and I had a, um, a, a house church that we led for a while up in the Boston area. And um, when we would go to the leaders' meetings, you know, I'd want my group to shine, you know. And that's not the right heart. That's not the right, you know, that's not having Jesus first and foremost and wanting to grow something for him and see souls saved. So I was a little bit off that way. So I don't know if you can relate to that, but um, that was one of mine. The other one being mouth, is uh, I was just, I plain struggled with gossip. And I liked, uh, when I came into the church, I put some Christian spins on it because I would go to people to get advice and I would share way too much. And I remember one time I was with a sister in her kitchen, and I was sharing way too much, and she suddenly turned to me, she didn't let it go very far, and she suddenly turned to me and she said, why are you telling me this? And I will never forget that, because it stopped me in my tracks, and I thought, why am I telling her this? There's no reason for me to tell her this. And I'd like to say that every single time I've been in a similar situation since, that has stopped me, unfortunately has not. Um, but I think about that quite often. Um, Our D group a couple weeks ago um, had a little lesson, so this is going to be repeat for those of you that were there at that, but um, I was reading some scriptures about gossip, and I said what I should have done is I should have brought little Hershey's chocolate chips with me, those little Hershey's morsels, because one of the Proverbs says that the words of a gossip are like morsels, they go down into our deepest parts. And I thought, when I think about how I love chocolate, that made total sense to me. So, I just want us to think tonight about um, not letting Satan win. And we all are in tune enough to know whatever the sin is that we struggle with. Frankly, I've gotten out of the habit, really, of having some good times of confession and prayer. It happened far, far too infrequently. And you know what happens then, then you know, you're in trouble. Um, when I turned 50, things started to be a little bit different for me. For some, not in a morbid way, but I started thinking more and more about, I've got less time left. <laughs> Probably half of my life is over. What am I going to do with the other half of my life? What, do I, what am I going to do? I want to do something that That counts. And for some reason, it it became even more uh, necessary for me to focus on that. And how was I going to spend my time and my money? And what was I going to give my life to? And um, I want to make it. I signed up to make it. I signed up to get to heaven. I want to be there with every single one of you. And um, I leave you with the scripture right before Philippians 4, which says that our citizenship is in heaven, and we await from there Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Lisa, for that, for that deep sharing. And just know that when you go about any kind of process of resolving conflict, it will not take a short period of time. Resolution always takes time and, and effort. And who, who out there works disagreements through all the way? We have the honor and privilege to show the world what true unity can be all about and to show the world truth about God. Look at the unity that has been forged here. This group is truly a joy and crown. Let's keep working so that we do not plateau and that we show God's truth to the world. Amen.
1: Good evening. How are you guys doing? It's great to be here with all the young people like me. Amen? I want to talk a little bit about a conflict I was involved in once. We had a young woman who was learning English, and she was was from a rough background, and she shared... (laughs) She, she shared when she came to our house one night, she said, late at night, she knocked on the door and said, I'm just tired of living with the pigs. I wanna come home for the prodigal son. Became a very dynamic young disciple, very uh, indignant about preaching the word of God. And so one time she was with a group and they said, she said, you know, the Bible says we must be bald. And a group said, no, no, no. Yes, the Bible says we must be bald. And the more the group said, no, 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 the more she said, yes, it does. So tonight I'm going to talk about instead of being bald, being bold. Amen? The wicked flee, though no one pursues. The righteous will be bold as lions. Right? And so we're going to have some opportunities to do that. How many times did Acts, how many times in the book of Acts did it say that Paul was bold? How many times? Any ideas? You can Google it, bold. Book of Acts. I got a t-shirt for the person who gets it right. Six, who was six? six? Who was six? Somebody said six. six. Who said six? Somebody said six. I said 36. Close enough. Six times Paul. Somebody said six. That's all I heard. Six times in the book of Acts says Paul was bold. Because we have this hope, we are very bold. Amen? That's for Megan. She's up so i to Okay. We had a men's size and a women's size. <laughs> I didn't know would, who would respond. Anyway, we're going to have a big event in November. You guys have heard about it before. The walkathon for orphans, and so it's going to be um, it's going to be on December. The, wait a minute. November the third it says it right there. November the third at Georgia Tech. But one of the reasons we did it down here is so you guys could all be involved in that. And so the Lord is, the, the Holy Spirit's chosen Ashley Perry. She's a woman from Wakanda. She came out to our event the other day. And she's got a bunch of these brochures. And she's going to help you to get some brochures. So I told her just, she, she'll choose how many to give you, okay? But anyway, I was in, I was in Morgan Stanley on Monday in New York City talking to philanthropy management department of Morgan Stanley in New York City about helping the children of Africa. So we can all do this, amen? We can all do something. I've spoken to Triage, where's Cam Gifford, where's Cam? He's traveling. Cam brought me out to Triage, I've been to Home Depot three times, I've been to QTS, that's a data storage group, talking about some of these things. But it gives us a chance to stand up for little children, amen? Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And so my desire is for all of you for young men and young women to have visions and old men to dream dreams, amen? And my dream is for you to be bold as a lion, amen? Especially with all the needs we see in the in-town area. And so let's pray about that. I 'll have some handouts to give. Um,